This is Konzenshu, the podcast episode 505 for the week of August 27th, 2023. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Cons and Shoe. The podcast. Uh-huh, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Cons and Shoe. That's right. We gotta talk about anything and everything Dragon Ball and Hopes of Enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hey, it's the Kakarot crew. It must be that time. Hi, everyone. My name is Mike. You may see me around as Fujito EX. Uh, a little mucusy, a little nasally. Uh, this is the best that we're going to get, though. Uh, let's see. Going around the horn, joining once again, semi-regular here, permanent elsewhere, just the, the king of Dragon Ball podcasting himself right now. It's Ken. I like to, I like that you think of me that way because I certainly don't. <laughs> uh, and then joining once again from that far yonder podcast, but uh, one of the Kanzenshu Kakara crew. It's me. We got to not make sure that's double or triple K's there. This is C in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Randy, hello. <laughs> hello. Hey, nice to be here again, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's great to have everyone here. We are indeed covering God. It's, well, initially teased what seven eight months ago <laughs> and we've yeah, been waiting right, right when we did the the bardock dlc yeah. yeah dragon ball z kakarot um remember when we played the base game or like this is more of a gohan game than a goku game and now the mm -hmm. more we play this game i, I guess it's kind of goku again we are on the let's let's see this is the fifth dlc pack the second of the second season pass it's the game that keeps on giving here yeah that's kind of how these games have been going lately rather than pumping out a game every year for a yearly release schedule they're like well we've got like four of them let's just keep updating them forever until the heat death of the universe <laughs> till someone stops paying for them yeah i'll take any excuse to put my hands back on this game so here we are once again we reviewed the base game we did not review the first two dlc packs we've talked about them here and there uh we reviewed the third of the original season pass, the Trunks DLC. We reconvened to review the Bardock DLC from this season pass, and we once again reconvene to review the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai DLC pack here for Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Hmm. This was a different one, but more also, of the same in, in the same way. I don't know. I feel like I got a lot to say, but at the same time, not a whole lot to say about this pack. That is all we're doing this episode. It's Mike, it's Ken, it's Randy. It's Kakarot time again. Let's get right on into the topic. Here we go. Hey, so, all right, I'm going to like spoil maybe the end of the conversation up top. So we got that first season pass, which was the Beerus stuff, which was more of like a grind fest that maybe they didn't quite know what they were going to do. Golden Freeze and stuff had some more story to it. And then the Trunks one was like, oh, okay, we figured it out. Like, this is the big thing. It was expansive <laughs> within the expansion pass itself. And here we are in the second pass where the Bardock one was, yeah, it, I mean, it covered the Bardock special, but we all kind of agree that maybe the Trunks one set the bar a little too high when mm. we were coming into it. And here I am in this one where I'm like, y'all didn't really cover the whole story here. And what I mean by spoiling the end of the conversation is like, is whatever comes next going to be the equivalent of the Trunks one? Where like, that's the really good one of this season pass. So uh, I, 
earlier in this year, Mike, when we did our predictions, I think I said that I was predicting we were going to get baby. Uh huh. And I'm just not sure if that's going to happen now. No? I mean, a combination of I've seen some discussion online, and of course, this is grain of salt stuff, but discussion that it's going to be the 28th. Tenkaichi Budokai. Yeah, yeah. And I think that might fit more in with the scope of where yeah. these past two DLCs uh-huh, have been. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Baby is going to be uh, a lot more required. Of course, you know, who knows? Well, I mean, I'm not very far in my re- watch through of GT right now, so I don't know where it's going on with Baby and what happens, but. Who could say I, what happens? Yeah. I mean, I think there was a very specific sub story that happened during this DLC that I'm like, oh, are we doing baby? Me like, too. Go oh my God. GT? I thought the exact same thing, Randy, which is kind of where I was going with this. Is it is <laughs> because of Pilaf and saying things? Yeah. Pilaf, he's like, I'm going to get those Dragon Balls and then I'll be able to do something about that Goku. And if fella. only that Goku. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, Jesus transition. Okay. Before we talk about what isn't even out yet, let's talk about this DLC pack. Yeah. Again, the second one of the second season pass, 23rd Budokai. Uh, we're going to cover the story of the DLC pack, which if you've read or watched Dragon Ball, you you know the story. You know the, the main story beats. There's, of course, minutia to this that is either original to this game specific for its own storytelling beats or like additional sub stories or post game stuff but we are going to cover it all so if you're interested in playing it great listen along but if you're interested in playing it and not knowing anything about that extra stuff maybe you want to play it first and come on back or is there's too much for us to talk about to kind of like draw a line in the sand on this one i think there's just a lot i want to hit up let's start at the beginning of this dlc pack we kick things off not with the 23rd tenkaichi budokai but with a playable fight against demon king piccolo and so while this is awesome and incredible to get to finally jump even further back than we thought we were yeah the day this dlc came out they put out a trailer that spoiled this part Mm. And I was a bit furious about that. But the one thing you couldn't, you could have left that alone. It would be so, so much fun to jump in and play that without having known beforehand. Yeah. See, I'm glad they spoiled it because after Bardock, where we had recently had Trunks, and we're like, okay, it's the Trunks special. And then it kept going and doing mm-hmm, super mm-hmm. content. And then we're like, all right, will the Bardock thing be more? Will it go into super and like the fight against gas or right. anything like yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> and then that didn't happen. They put out this trailer and I'm like, I want to watch it so that way I know what to expect because if there's any surprises, they're going to show them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that way I, you know, I'm not building it up in my head of like, this is going to be great. They're going to do all this. Oh, never mind. They didn't. Now I'm sad. So I somehow managed to avoid that trailer, which amazing for me. <laughs> but so yeah. that, that was really fun jumping in. Uh, I thought it was just going to be just kind of like in engine, you know, cutscenes showing it and then transitioning you over, but to play it for a little bit. I mean, it, it gets you that like reacclimation to the controls of Kakarot again in this kind of like prologue fight. I thought it was a really, really strong introduction to this pack. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it's not just a reacclimation to the controls, but slightly adjusted controls for yes. ground battles. That's true. I, I guess we got to talk about that. Obviously, we are pre-Cyan arc here. So while Flight does come into play at the very end of it, which you wouldn't know, we're going to talk about this, but the dub titles, you know, everyone screams Pukujutsu because that's the important thing that's happening. And in the dub script, they just yell Goku. Like, <laughs> mm. Anyway, uh, so Flight isn't as important or... Uh, 
existing, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's all ground battles uh, from the Demon King Piccolo all the way to the end. Uh, you're fighting giant Piccolo Jr. there in, in the fight. We'll talk more about the story, but let's stick with this for a little bit. Um, because it had been since the Bardock uh, DLC pack that I had played here, you know, time passes in between. I felt like when I jumped back in, I didn't really have to react too much or like I wasn't missing the flight. Uh, it, it just felt very natural to me jumping back into Kakarot here, even with the ground pace battles. I think I had jumped in to play a little bit of Kakarot. The base came mm. like two weeks before this dropped. I don't know. I was itching for it. I can't wait. So I decided to restart the story mode. So I kind of knew the controls. But on top of that, I've played a bunch of those Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games, which are the same developer. There's no flight mechanics in sure. that. So I was like, all right, we're just doing Ultimate Ninja Storm. I like that. So felt natural. Anything else about the the opening? It's real strong. It is real strong. It's, uh, you know, very, very dynamic, very theatrical. And I think it does a good job showing here's what happened to the stuff. We're not going to cover it in another DLC yeah, pack. Sorry. Yeah, just... uh, yeah, yeah. But here's this thing, and it's cool. And then also kind of neat to see, you know, what Demon King Piccolo's fighting techniques are, which then are very cool to see back again later on when you're fighting Piccolo. Like, oh, cool. He fights the exact same way. I dig that. The one thing, well, I'm one thing, but one of the things that these this developer really understands about Dragon Ball is drawing, like, thematic lines between mm. different parts of the series. They did it with the base game. They did it with Trunks. I don't I kind of blacked out on Bardock, but in this one, uh, it's that, yeah, from it starts very intentionally at that Demon King Piccolo fight to show you the son and the father. So then we get into the story of the tournament. Uh, you know, everyone gets reacquainted with each other. Uh, Goku shows up. We get the great scene of him kind of all wrapped up in the, the turban thing and the umbrella. It's always a great scene. Uh, I have a lot of affection and love uh, and nostalgia for these episodes. These are some of my earlier episodes that I got, not fan subbed, but the Nippon Golden Network recordings from Hawaii, 23rd Budokai, some of the earlier stuff that I got. So I love, love, love this material. Uh, and, you know, the Bardock and Trunks are actually some of my earlier fan subs too. So it's weird that Kakarot is covering like Mike's earliest fan sub days here <laughs> in, in the DLC <laughs> stuff. Um, I, I just love this material and they were slavishly loving it themselves away. Like every very important hit, whether it's the Bruce Lee hit or it's Goku taking, you know, with the umbrella and unwrapping himself, like all the angles of all that stuff was perfect. And it's very strange because I'm definitely not one for I need to see the story re-represented again on screen in a different way. It's, I don't need it to be perfect like that for me to get something out of it. Um, I don't really love all the story modes in the other games, but this isn't Raditz Taboo. This is pre-Raditz, so I, I feel like there's something a little extra special about seeing this stuff, and maybe it's the fact that we're also getting it, at least I am in 4K here on the PS5 version of the game. Like, it looks beautiful from this developer here. And it, it's not just us that feel that way. I, you can feel it in the performances. Yeah. This is not like uh, Kai, where sure, yeah. everyone feels burnt out. They've done Raditz to a million times. Wakamoto's phoning it in. You know, this is everyone giving their all. I mean, the Nozawa's performance in this DLC is just beyond incredible. Probably her best in this game from a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. It, everything feels like heyday performances for everyone, except maybe Mama Koyama. Lunch. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think maybe better than she was, you know, in the base game or something. I was paying attention. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm okay with that. It's not the best, but... Just drink some tea with honey before you record. 
<laughs> have that a little uh, wedding cakey before getting in there into the studio. There you go. <laughs> I hadn't really experienced a lot of the 23rd Badokai stuff uh, in all of my years. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched it once for the first time like three years ago. I had read the manga like 10 years ago. But in anticipation for this, I sat down and I rewatched those episodes. Like, yeah. yeah, two weeks prior. And uh, yeah, you could feel a lot of that love. And I think, you know, it's nice to see this translated to a different medium, mostly probably because of the novelty, because we haven't seen it, like, you know, lovingly touched upon at this level before. Yeah. And yeah, man, it was good. It was great. Well, and there's also something I want to mention with performances there. Unfortunately, we've lost a lot of folks. So whether it's uh, Aya Hisakawa as uh, Bulama here, um, Hikaru Midorikawa as Tenshin Han, um, Masaharu Sato as uh, the Turtle Hermit, like these are all the replacement voices for these characters that have never probably played this part of the series before so it's completely brand new to them um i want to say it's also a replacement um tau pai pai and sudo sending i totally forgot that bin shimada is playing earth's god here as well so like there's actually very few of the original cast here we have i guess nozawa tanaka furia uh furukawa so kind of like the some of the heavy hitters but everyone else on the sidelines here is kind of new I wasn't a big fan of the replacement Tao Pai Pai voice at all. Mm, I really, yeah. really dislike that. Is it still the same actor playing the tournament announcer? I feel like it sounds right, but I could be entirely wrong, and that could be long since changed, and I'm just used to video games, and like, that's what he sounds like. Now I'm, oh, I guess Kanzenshi.com slash cast. I was going to say, who is Tao Pai Pai now? I'm, I'm second guessing whether or not it actually is a new voice. I have never seen... Um, most of the original Dragon Ball in Japanese. And I don't know if I'm when or if I'll go back to rewatch it. But is the the Crane Hermit's laugh like that in the original? No. Oh, okay. You know what? So it looks like um, Chikao Otsuka did pass away in 2015. So that was Dragon Ball. That was movie three. Okay. And so then now it looks like Yukimasa Kishino took over in the Z episodes. I, I would have to double check and see if Kishino is playing him here in Kakarot as well. I didn't, hmm. I didn't notice that. So yeah, that, that, the like howling, like weird sound. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Yeah. Some of it was, eh, I could take it or leave it. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting because Tal Pai Pai and uh, the Crane Hermit show up in the base game as like these side characters for all these side missions. And so then to kind of have them come back around here as main characters. And maybe this is an opportunity, an opportunity to transfer to something that I wasn't expecting in this, which was great. And I wish I did more of, including some of the other fights. And that's a side fight, which isn't even a side fight to the actual tournament. It's a flashback fight, <laughs> and it's uh, a flashback to Tenshin Han's uh, assassination training and getting to play that. I uh, was totally not expecting that here. I was not expecting the hardest fight in the entire game <laughs> to be the second fight of this DLC. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, I'm like, am I supposed to lose this? Oh, no, I don't think I'm supposed to. Oh, no. And then I just started cheesing it with just constant key attacks. It was cool to see something entirely new. I didn't expect anything like that. I wonder where the idea came along in development to do that fight versus, you know, other things like developing other playable characters to get through all of these major fights. Yeah. But I mean, 
it's cool that they go back and they're thinking like what stuff haven't we covered or has been shown in any medium or has been talked about in interviews or something like that that we've done in the past and be like all right let's dive into it let's show people something new from a new perspective that fight drops a uh, an automatic save at the beginning of the fight mm. so if you have not dropped a manual save and you go back to say change the difficulty down to easy just so you can get through a fight when you're doing a, uh-huh. a game for a review uh, you have to start the DLC all over again, which I <laughs> learned the hard way. Oh, man. After that fight on easy, I turned it back up to normal. And uh, the rest of the DLC is perfectly not difficult. So I don't know what's up with the that jump in difficulty with that first Tell Pai Pai fight. Well, there's that and there's the usual early stuff, whether it's in the base game or some of the DLC where like you don't have items yet or can't not allowed to use items during some of those fights. So we got used to the end of Kakarot fights just having like, you know, 99 of whatever Vita drink or whatever and just constantly popping that to cheese your way through a fight and not having it here was like, oh, oh, I got to really pay attention here. And there's not even a way to really grind for levels. Um, No. It's such minuscule experience from fighting the thugs and the experience you get from doing the meals or whatever is just not worth it. The time, it's... They really want you to just do the, the story, story and, and yeah. blow through it. Let's pause on that for a little bit because like most of the other stuff in the game, you have those kind of like training grounds where you can, um, if you've unlocked whatever things so far that, all right, now you can unlock the Super Kamehameha. And I feel like that was the one main one that you could do there. And it was the same kind of thing where it was like, oh, I, I need more experience before I can do this. But the only experience I can get is doing the main story. And the next thing in the main story for me at that point was Goku versus Piccolo in the finals. And I didn't want to do that without the Super Kamehameha. So I just did a couple, like there were no side stories. So I just fought some like the robots or whatever, except if you travel a little too far off the beaten path, you're fighting these level 45 enemies as like a 25 Goku. And that fight doesn't go well either. There's just something about the, the overall structure and balance of the, the layout of this DLC in particular that just felt like it didn't all come together for them. Like there was supposed to be more to do. And especially where, I mean, we don't get most of the fights in the tournament. It definitely feels like there should have been more there for you to do to either get more experience or raise up some of those levels before then. Um, just some something missing here. I ran into a different sort of challenge, villain, so to speak, in okay. fighting uh, that stuff. Uh, I know that you said you played this on your PS5. Uh, oh no the villain is (laughs) the villain is some weird performance issues on this ps4 ass game yeah Uh, i'm playing on an amd ryzen 7 5800x a zotac rtx 2070 ti played a native 4k 60 fps because that's the highest they let me go they don't let me go higher and i had some weird just performance crashes during the Tao Pai Pai fight as Tension Han until oh, yeah? it like, yeah, it was like down in like the 20s, 30s, 40s. I'm like, what is going on? Like this machine, this baby right here is playing The Last of Us Part 1, that PS5 remake at a nice native 4K 90 FPS. I don't know why this is crashing so bad, but like, you know what? You got through it and then it was smooth sailing. So I just want to huh. say, guys, developers, come on, clean that up. Clean that up, please. And, and you don't I, even have that nice grass in the PC version. <laughs> Man, I sent another email like <laughs> the week this DLC dropped. I'm like, you guys still haven't done this. And they're like, actually, the Kakarot DLC is available now on every platform. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. I'm talking about this. And I 
put in the tweet to, from at Dragon Ball Games. I'm like, this thing from January, where is it? And they're like, oh, we'll forward it along. We'll see. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's not not happening. But yeah, whatever. So that was my my, my digital foundry moment. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so Ken's greatest villain was the difficulty of the tension hunt fight. Randy's villain was the performance dips around the same area and mine was level 45 robots and bears <laughs> just up in the woods somewhere uh, <laughs> i kept running around that island hoping to see like is there side stories that i'm not right like seeing on the map but yeah, like, yeah. no i kept taking breaks and running around and nothing. and you don't get full world access until later on obviously there are more stories then but um let's let's stick with some of this missing content you know we get <laughs> A, a couple fights of this tournament and there's some that you would expect to get that you don't get some that even would have had playable characters in the base game maybe it just it skips so much of of this tournament um was, was there anything that you really felt could have been a great one uh, i feel like a kudadin versus piccolo would have been a great one to play i mean that's an incredibly important fight because it's when it introduces that our heroes can use flight yeah and they just totally skip over it in two screenshots. Maybe that's why they skipped it, because they're like, ah, we can't do the flight thing. We don't want to acknowledge this here. Yeah, that's true. I would have liked maybe some joke fights, you know? Let me play as Chi-Chi against Goku, and I can't. Yes, 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 yes. Like I a forced win. loss fight something. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. Let me play as Yamcha versus Shen. That would have been good, you know? And then I get a nice, beautiful CG. I smacked my, my nuts against his head, <laughs> and I lose. <laughs> Well, so the the two things with um, Kuredin and Yamcha is they are not playable characters in the base game. Yeah, so right. They right. would have also needed a Ten Shinhan or Tien Shinhan treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Piccolo is playable, and so all they would have to do is port over his new D- Demon King attacks into this. Yeah, he, yeah, he's playable in the base game. That is. Yeah. Right, so right. There, that that we're we're not seeing that Piccolo and and Kuredin fight from Piccolo's viewpoint. Yeah, is, is yeah. extreme to me. That was the one more than anything else. Like I understand why Goku versus Chi Chi is a, a cutscene, uh-huh. but yeah, the Piccolo could have and you should have been able to play that. We did at least get Goku versus Tenshin Han. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was fine, and you know we did get the Shishinoken, and you, you figure it out, and kind of like multi-step fights. Um, this, talking about these fights, uh, I kind of wasn't expecting this. Uh, they they bring up the topic of the ring, but I feel like ring outs really have no relevance here, and it's the down for the count thing that is the actual gameplay mechanic. It kind of gives you just an extra chance. All right, you didn't win, but you're not actually game over yet here. Just hammer the circle button for a couple seconds and you're back in the fight here. I guess that's to balance against not having items yeah, in the yeah. fight. Which is a good thought, for sure. Uh, I know for myself, I never ran into the you know, down for the count mechanic. Um, I guess just because I'm amazing. We'll oh, just say that. But ring outs, I did win two fights via ring out. Like I you kept did. pushing them to the end. Yeah. Once you get their health down so low, you can actually get them to the edge and, you know, doing like a combo finisher or a super attack will push them out and they will get uh ring out, which is uh pretty cool. I'm glad that that was Interesting. there. Interesting. Yeah. Cause they were talking about it and I was, I was actually like actively trying for it. And even with, you know, low health or super attacks or something. I just wasn't pushing them out. And hmm. I was like, well, maybe they just mentioned that as a story beat and it's not actually in the game or something, but oh, okay. Or something for you to look out for that they could do to you. But right, no, there's right, right. A, there's an indicator right up next to like their huh. health bar that's like, hey, they're put, they're here in the ring out zone, both health wise and location wise. So interesting. Yeah, it worked for me. I never encountered it in the main DLC, but in the tough training stuff that you can grind out afterwards, I have done that a few times. 
I want to talk about the music a little bit here. Really, the standout is the new arrangement of Makafushigi, which is just a banger all around. So to have it here, um, I feel like it's played at an appropriate place towards the end of the the main the main story that we get in here. Um, and what I thought was a fantastic touch as well is as Goku's flying off, we get a headshot law arrangement as if we're transitioning you know, the yep. story and the tone here. Um, it's it's like that attention to detail that I think the developers do a great job on here. The tracks are so great that I uploaded a video of playing through this DLC to the We Got a Podcast YouTube channel and it got content claimed on that stuff. <laughs> Did so. it? Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, they, they claim the jingles of Hedgehala and Makafushigi. So even if it's not like an, a real official version, just the, the composition of it, they will claim, which is wild. They're aggressive. Uh, can we talk about the screenshots? You mentioned screenshots. And I remember they were in either the base game or previous stuff. It seems like exceptionally worse here. I don't know if it's just because there's no real good scan of the original Dragon Ball. Go oh boy. See, it's weird because this DLC uses them in two different ways. So it uses yeah. them and zoomed in where you can see the pixels. Uh-huh. And then towards the end of the DLC, they use some that are zoomed in, but they put a filter over it so mm-hmm. that it looks painterly almost. And that I kind of dug. If you have to use these screenshots, you use them that way. Yeah. I Again, I was I just shouted at my TV while I was playing. I'm like, ah, oh, it's the crunchy JPEGs again. Nice yeah. to see you, old friend. Yeah, they still look bad, and I guess for this one, I kind of can forgive it because they're flashing back to a lot of material that wasn't in this game versus the Bardock DLC. It's like, I played this. You've had it in gameplay. Just take a screenshot of that. Like, that'd be better. But yeah. Just arrange a scene for me instead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of them, they don't have the models. Like, like, you know, I guess we had young Goku, but we didn't have young Chi-Chi or anything like that. But sure, yeah. Yeah, man, something. Get the get the Kai reanimators on there. Have them redraw it. Like, oh yeah, it's exactly what I want here in this. <laughs> the Kai reanimation of Dragon. Hey, Man. you know what? I think versus what we have, I'd probably take that just so that way there's a hint of effort that was put in. So so far we've talked about a lot of stuff we love. Uh, you know, the presentation, whether that's the audio or the visual side of it. Uh, the fights that we did get were all super fun. Um, everything well represented. A lot of stuff we feel like we're missing. There are a couple real big detriments for me uh, in this DLC. One is a continuation of stuff we've had previously. I alluded to it earlier, and it's the dub titles and that it's the the dialogue from the rewritten English script of the game, even if you're playing in Japanese. And there's just something about, I don't know if it's that I, I know this part of the series so well, it felt egregiously terrible to me, whether it's the aforementioned yelling Bukujutsu, like the point is that he's flying, that's the point of the scene, not saying that, um, made this joke on Twitter, but all the times that they write around the fact that someone's going, show, like, you, you <laughs> just say, darn it. I don't know. <laughs> Even stuff like, Shine, mm-hmm. you know, they adapt that 12 different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not looking for a literal translation. I'm looking for something that's faithful to Dragon Ball. And there's just something about it here in this particular story that is like, I that's not even remotely close to what these characters are saying here. I agree with you. Um, it's bad. But the one thing that this this these dub titles did not follow up on from the dub version of these episodes is when Goku agrees to marry Chi-Chi. Yeah. In the dub, it's something like, well, the heart wants what the heart wants or something like that. Uh-huh. And they uh, thankfully, whoever localized this was not aware <laughs> that that's how the English dub treated that line. It still wasn't good. I can't remember what it was, but a lot of it was rough. I think especially for me, because I've never watched this section of the story. 
dubbed from Funimation before, mm. so I had no idea what they had done previous. So really threw for a loop and like, this guy's name is Hero? What? Oh, oh I guess yeah, because yeah. they renamed the Crane Hermit Master Shen, and that's already taken now. So we got it like, there was no forethought in thinking like, let's look ahead in the series. What characters are named what? That's why you can't just arbitrarily rename characters because you run into a situation like this. Exactly. Now, you can cut this out if you want. Never. But cool dude, Techno Syndrome. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. From Konzenshu, uh, did the real cool thing and put up a mod for the PC version to change a whole bunch of the text in this game. So, midway through the DLC, he put up, he's like, I updated my mod. Here you go. And I'm like, oh, good. Now everything says what's supposed to. This guy's name is Shen. This guy's name is just Crane Hermit. You know, uh, it was it was good. I Unfortunately, it was after the point where Goku understands like who shen is supposed to be you know being like oh shen shen long kami made him that's kami yeah so i was like oh man i, I gotta go back now and see like okay did he change that line he said he did so that way it makes sense because in the dub it was like oh hero a hero is a guardian it's the guardian of the earth it's kami like oh, that's- look they did what they could with with that line that's another one where they get to it and they're like well i guess we have to do something remotely faithful to it here and we'll, we'll faithfulize the rewritten eyes version of this line <laughs> right so shout outs to him thank you yeah my Indeed. life is Forever improved. At least with names there. Then you get funny stuff where you get like Mercenary Tau, but then fighting alongside him are the Tau Pai Pai robots. It's like, why? <laughs> what? What's yeah. happening here? It's like two different teams there. One of them is like, I'll handle the story stuff and you handle all the gameplay and like enemies and they just weren't talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's whoever is doing those Dragon Stars figures where it's coming out with Muten Roshi and Super Yi Shin Long. Right, right. <laughs> Hey, can we talk about uh, ongoing bugs in this game? I shared some screenshots on the socials as well. Uh, I had two Tau Pai Pais in the background of one scene, uh, regularly disappearing overworld characters that just weren't there. You only knew they were there because you could interact with nothing. Oh, I ran into one that wasn't visible. I just saw the interact icon, and then I walked around them, and if you're facing face on their yeah. face appears oh nice. yeah, yeah, walk around that. them yeah. yeah they're gone I'm like oh <laughs> this is a nightmare so yeah that's still around thanks guys all right demon king piccolo 23rd budokai it ends hey it's kakarot dlc's have their own post game so i didn't continue very far into this one i'll be on record here uh, I had some of those leveling issues where it was, all right, you want me to go do this mission? And there are 10, 15, 20 levels above where I am. Like the the robots for, for Bulma or I, maybe it was the Tau Pai Pai fight as well. I was like, what's going on with the levels on these? And I just kind of pieced out of it. Oh man, you missed the sub story of the, po- of the, uh, of the DLC. Oh, a, so right. those robots for Bulma. Yeah. Uh, where she has you put like a there's a virus or something well then somehow some red ribbon army antivirus is activating against what Bulma's doing and then you get to see Dr. Giro and he's like I'll get you Goku and now I'm going to move on from robots to the next thing and oh man all right I missed out which came after the peel off thing that I had done so I'm like yeah, oh okay yeah. We're going back through, like, we're going to set up all the villains that come back, you know, later in the main mm-hmm, story, mm-hmm. even though Pilaf doesn't show up in the main game. So that's kind of, like, felt to me like they're going to tease, we're going to do GT, so that way we've got this lingering plot thread that we can connect it, because then, yeah, there's the Garo thing, and, yeah, it's, uh, I like these things. The Pilaf one, I'm trying to remember what happened. Was it just, like, hunting down 
some bad dudes and it turns out that Pilaf was behind it. Yeah, I think you fight them in their robots. Maybe that was in the main story. Maybe that was after. I forget now. It Yes, Pilaf has hired these thugs to come after Goku and then Pilaf ends up trying to poison Goku, but then Chi-Chi makes dinner for everyone. Oh, that they all have was a nice, sweet. They all have a nice meal together and then Pilaf feels bad about trying to poison Goku, so he takes the the cupcakes. cupcakes back away and then Got they it. go back to their secret base and peel off his ranting and then in his rant forgets and he eats one of the cupcakes <laughs> and it's not like poison going to kill you it's like yeah, of yeah. course in typical dragon ball fashion it makes you go poo poo what was that one more time it makes you makes you go poo poo he had to okay. go to the bathroom now you know? i i really feel like i missed out and it was due to just like the the jump in the the levels and the difficulty on those fights and uh maybe it's that i'm finally hitting the am i a little cacarotted out at this point as much as i love these side stories and this extra stuff and and them them kind of doing the Toyotaro of we know that you know that these characters are out here and they would be doing this at this time and wouldn't it be cool if we showed you what they were doing? I like that, but maybe just after, you know, a base game and, and five DLC packs, maybe I just had enough of it. So the game does invite you to jump into the tough training and grind there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think that's the intent to do that for a little bit. I think... The highest those levels go is 65, and I think that's for the Tau Pai Pai, the cyborg Tau Pai Pai fight. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then I, th- I think that's the most difficult one. Yeah, doing the tough training really helped for getting me up some levels. I think I was running around doing some other stuff, because they also introduced this other mechanic that's like, Goku's going to help work for the police <laughs> and go oh, fight, yeah. fight some thugs. Yeah, I, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you, you get like individual and groups of thugs on the map. And then it was it was one of those just like um, the horde fights. The, yeah, yeah, the horde fights from from the previous stuff. Um, that was another one that I jumped into. I was like, oh, no, I'm very much out leveled on this one. I mean, they also have different tiers. Some of them, I think, were like the low 20s and some of them were in the 40s. So I think the first couple of ones that I did were in the 20s. I'm like, OK, this is attainable mm, and doable. Okay. And you're not you're not in the tournament. You can use your items again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was uh, definitely helpful. Mike, it sounds like you forgot to use your key vision and like yeah. look yeah. ahead to see what levels guys Yeah, were. exactly. I just jumped right in. I guess I just happened to hit all the wrong ones in the wrong places yeah. along the way here. So even though you, you explained all these cool stories to me, I feel like I don't have the incentive to go back and actually do them myself now, though. Not because you told me, but because it's still like I just don't feel like I, I feel the need to go, go play them out. I don't know. I don't know. I see. I think for Randy and I, you know, Randy was talking about the ultra, the ultimate Ninja Storm games, uh, and I've played those as well, and I really like those. And so maybe uh, for Randy and I, this type of combat is more inviting, just on its own merits. Hmm. And so if you're not into that, then yeah, just I think that this game so far, and I don't think they're going to be changing a lot in terms of mechanics is like 80 percent of the way there so it can sustain me for a good bit but i still feel like there's a couple of things missing combat wise maybe like one other defensive mechanic one other sort of thing to switch up combos like maybe i don't know <laughs> this would be you know quite an undertaking but like instead of just me mashing the attack button like maybe if i move my the the analog stick to the left there's this different combo because i think the ultimate industorm games do do that where depending on which way you're holding the stick it's going to do a different combo and end with a different you know sub super attack that is kind of is an automatic mm. thing for that auto combo yeah so I don't know, doing something like that. I mean, it's fun. I feel like they went for quantity over quality because like this game has a lot of mechanics and a lot of extra stuff, but they forgot to make it all fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only eight fights. 
The story is eight fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're still good. I still enjoyed them. I guess we should say how many hours did it take? It was only just a few, a couple, a few to go through it. Yeah. Handful, five hours, maybe in, six yeah. to put into it. In total, probably five or six, including up to the you know, getting Goku to like level 85 or whatever he's at now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, overall, if you want to go into that, I liked it much better than I did the Bardock stuff. I felt the Bardock thing was pretty disappointing. Certainly not up to the level of Trunks, but, you know, enjoyable. And I see that I th- maybe they took more time because they had to put in all these other That's extra mechanics. Interesting. See, I feel like I like the Bardock one better. I feel like it it more comprehensively covered that special. Uh, I thought we had uh, better breaks with the characters, like the, the one dude hitting on Celipa at the bar. Just keeps coming back mm. to me. That was a good one. Um, and then getting the post game with the little Vegeta there as well. I liked that. Um, I would probably rank it Trunks, Bardock, 23rd Bodokai of like the, the meaty ones. It's all those horde battles in the Bardock one that really gets me down. Yeah. I was, I was mm, scared when they yeah. were here, but I'm like, they were so few and far between That's that right. I didn't a lot. hate them. So, you know, it kept it fresh and... The loving attention to detail and the cutscenes. We didn't really talk about like how great all of these look, you know, for for cutscenes for showing the story. Other than like that beginning part, like all of the fight stuff in there was great. The whole ending against Piccolo, like they put a lot of time into making a lot of video here. Where I feel like the Bardock one mm-hmm. didn't have as much. So I was yeah. happy as a clam to see all of that. Yeah, I th- I think for me Bardock is still the lowest. Trunks the highest. This in the middle. Maybe it's just the. A- rose-tinted glasses looking back on Bardock forgetting about the horde fights yeah man mm. don't don't go okay. back you'll you'll be sad okay. I tell you that okay. so earlier in this podcast episode I talked about you know seeing rumors online about the 28th Tenkaichi Budokai being next uh w- what would they do with that because it's the one fight I mean you would have to count on them putting in sub stories of doing stuff other than fights or it would, reordering yeah. things. It would be the filler from the TV series where Goku like gets the dinosaur pterodactyl egg or whatever mm-hmm. that thing was. Oh, right. Maybe we go put in a dance for a while. <laughs> As we say, put in a, a rhythm game mechanic where you got to dance at Bulma's party. But if Kakarot DLCs have post games, then are we gonna go beyond Z for a little bit? No, we give we finally give the Vegeta Goku rematch that Vegeta wanted during that tournament and then, you know, got den- denied. All right, so one thing I do want to say is yes, there's been talk about that and rumors of that. I don't know if anything of that is based in actual like data mining or just hoping that you're going to be correct when, you know, you pretend to yeah. be a leaker and make these <laughs> claims out there. Um, but yeah, let's stick with that for a minute. What like, realistically, what else? If we were going to do 28th Budokai, it really is just Goku versus Oob. Um, Pons training. We get to do some of that before she shows up at the Budokai. Yeah, so do we make Oob and Pon playable? Yeah. And then the story starts with Oob, maybe. Yeah, it starts with Oob in his village. Like, ha- yeah. has to defend his village for a little bit out somewhere. Were there preliminaries during the 28th that uh, Oob would have partaken in before the big tournament because we could in- invent some some new baddies for him yeah to i mean, I, mean I guess we get who the eight are right we get otoko ski we get captain chicken we get mo Tepo mo, or mo whatever. Ke- 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 something like that yeah we jump into a toyotaro lore where mm-hmm. king chapa mm-hmm. lives in in oob's village we do we do a combination superhero and 
28th Vidokai. I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of fights in there, but that'd be a lot. That's a big undertaking for all that. Moro. We get Moro. That's what we get. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do it. I don't know, because the, there's only one thing left in this season, right? And that's yeah. kind of what people are, are thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to keep up, not really a pattern, but season one, the last DLC was the best. Yeah. Maybe this one will also be bigger than we think, you know? Well, so the angle here is that everything has been like baseline plus slightly expanded Toriyama lore. And so, which is strange because then the Bardock special was not necessarily that. So it's like, okay, is it baseline Z anime canonical lore? All right. So for there's nothing... I don't want to say there's nothing. If there's not enough to build out of the 28th Budokai, I still feel like movies are good. Like, do we just get movie eight? Do they do old Broly here? I feel like that could be a good one. You get like your own extra planet or two out there. But if they're going to do Broly, would they use old Broly when they have new Broly? I don't know. Old Broly would work because if your, your playable characters there are already yeah, all in the game, in the main game. You could do a good smattering of movies, you know, maybe pick five of them because, you know, you could reuse a lot of locations. You don't have to remake some stuff there, you know, maybe throw in some extra assets there, like say we're going to do movie two because wasn't there a, a, a icy area that you could go to? in the Yeah, it's always map? a nice area. Yeah, the what where, you know, Android 8 and stuff was. Yeah, it's yeah. snowy there. Right. Let's relocate it there. So, yeah, I mean, movies, that would be movie a good one. eight with a post game of movie 10. Ooh. Now that's a DLC I'd be sour on. <laughs> <laughs> they'll here's what they'll do. They'll they'll adapt the 28th Badokai as part of the DLC, but it will just be stills. They'll <laughs> be so like, here's what happened, guys, and that'll that'll be when they cap off the DLC. Like that's how Kakarot's story ends, or does it? And I don't know. Room for Super GT. 28th Budokai post game Nekomajin Z5. You gotta now. You gotta make a new cat model, and is he playable? We gotta make new mechanics for that. New new attacks. I don't know. It's been so well, long. It's all the same attacks. Is it okay? And you I guess the, you know the, the Neko Hamehameha. There's a lot of Hames in there. It's basically That's the fair. same thing. But how is that same rig that they use for every single character in this game going to translate to a little cat? Pudgy Catman yeah, doing that true. attack. That's true. So the reason I would argue maybe against the movies is that the with the Trunks DLC, the Bardock, and then this twenty third Tenkaichi Budokai, you are playing as alternate either new characters or alternate versions of these characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm playing movie eight, I'm really just Goku. I'm really just Vegeta. Yeah. Nothing none of that really changes. But if we're twenty eighth tournament, then I can be Oob and my level 300 Goku from the main game yeah. <laughs> gets pushed aside. That's good because then you've got all the stuff pre-made. Now, they do have the Badokai ring set up. So we do the 28th. That's obviously not enough. Then we do stills showing what happens in GT. Flash forward. Now you're Goku Jr. and Vegeta Jr. at the Badokai tournament. So you get to use those same you know area assets. And I don't know. You got to make... Goku Jr. playable or something. Uh, I'm here for it. Can you just imagine the the response if like the final piece of DLC for Kakarot, assuming there's no season three, is like a GT send off? I would be all about that. I mean, Ken and I are into it right now, so I think we'd both love to see yeah. something GT related. How, how about this? This is the expanded Toriyama lore. She's already in the game. Do we do an adaptation of the fighters storyline with number twenty one here as a final DLC piece? I'd be into that. Maybe that'd be fun and I could actually finish that story then because I never finished. The oh, no, no one. I don't think anyone's ever finished that story in that game. No one has. Uh, I, 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 I beat the story <laughs> in Fighters. <laughs> Ken's a liar. Is that meek little hand raise? I did it. 
<laughs> then wow. tell us what happens. We found him. We found the one. Uh, at some point, uh, 21 turns purple. This was like five, six years ago at this point. I don't remember. That one also has dub titles in it, too. So Yeah, yeah. Who could say what happens? What if the final DLC is just sparking for? That'd be something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but... $60 DLC. It's a whole new game. You got to launch this game to get into this game. Uh uh It also is a bummer, speaking of how DLC works, that you can't just play this DLC if you wanted to experience the story of Kakarot front to to back, because you can't just jump into DLC from the main menu. You have to do it from the start menu. Yes. So you have to start a new game, Uh get far enough where you can open the pause menu, go down to the DLC content, and then jump back. So you got to do like some Raditz stuff where you're like, oh, never mind. Forget him. We got to go talk about Demon King Piccolo first. Yeah, I do wish they would adjust that. That would make a big difference. Rearrange it. Let me play it in a different way. The same way I wanted Final Fantasy XV to go after all that DLC came out. Sprinkle that in. Let me enjoy it front to back. Well, that was the 23rd Budokai DLC. It seems like there are recommendations all around. Maybe a little hesitant as usual compared to the Trunks one. Um, Sounds like perhaps above the Bardock one, though. It's Remember, this season pass was $40. Yeah. So we do have to talk about the elephant in the room of value for these. Yeah. And I'll wait to make that call when we play the third one Mm -hmm. and we can talk about it as a whole. I don't know at this point if I would recommend this second season pass. Has it ever been on sale yet? Can't say I have track. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, while Bardock was disappointing and this wasn't as good as trunks, I feel the two of these combined so far better value than the battle of gods, golden Frieza stuff. Yeah. But that one you could also regularly get for like $10. I think I got it on sale before the trunks one was out i don't remember what season one cost was it like 20 25 30 don't remember who could say but at this point you can get the base game in that first set for cheap yeah right regularly but thinking of value versus season one versus season two i don't know i feel like they've put more work into this than they did so far but we'll have to see how season three pans out but yeah i don't 40 bucks is still a lot just for these two things well we'll be back with uh Season Pass 2, DLC number three, at some point. I mean, this one took half a year from from tease to release. We don't even have a tease yet of what this one would be. Do we think they're further along than they were with this one? Have, Have they started yet? They've probably started. They probably have an idea, but like, I don't think they're they're very deep into it. I don't think we get a tease until early next year. At the The tease will be the the one more thing at the Game Awards. Really <laughs> yeah, because that's show. a Game Awards showcase <laughs> that they want. God, we are almost at September here, and we don't know what this one is. This game came out. It's going to be, what, three years old? It'll be four. Four? It January 2020. Mm-hmm. 2020. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. These last few years, man. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why Wolf. some of this DLC is rough. I mean, yeah, these past fair few point. years. Fair point. That's Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That is the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai World Tournament DLC pack for it. Uh, I've been Mike. That's been Ken. That's been Randy. Uh, let's go around the horn. How's GT treating y'all? Uh, two thumbs up. I'm going to also say two thumbs up. Now, I know, Ken, you recently reported that you finished the homework for our next episode. Who? Yes. I'm halfway through. I actually fell asleep to an episode. Not because it was boring. It was an excellent episode, but it was because I was watching in bed and I already took melatonin. <laughs> and I got to the, <laughs> the eye catch. I'm like, eh, I'll stop there. And so I've still got a little bit more to go. But we're we're in baby territory. So yeah. 
So those who don't know, we got a podcast continuing on with their GT retrospective of auspiciosity. Boom. You got it. Got yeah. it. Excellent. Uh, what episodes are you up to again? Oh, the next batch we're going to review are episodes 23 through 27. Thank you. Mine are set so. up in my Plex server as different seasons. So I'm like, uh, what numbers oh. are they? Because oh, to me, it's Randy. like season two, episode five. It's based on arcs. Okay. It's not just seasons. I've named them by arc. It's not by season. Leave me alone. All right. I live the way I choose to live. <laughs> it, this has been eye opening watching GT for me. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy it. I don't understand necessarily where it's getting its reputation from. <laughs> but I, again, I'm watching this post super, you know, and uh-huh. I'm in a post super world. So, uh, you know, I survived the tournament of power and came out on the other side knowing what a bad Dragon Ball story can look like. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So it's all it's all relative. I'm one of those sickos that liked Super and the Terminator of Power. So I don't I guess maybe that's a reason why I've been enjoying it. But yeah, I haven't seen GT uh, again since I don't know, 13 years. So it's been it's been a blast because I get to watch it with uh, some good buddies with Ken with Doug Drabaz, who's uh, super cool. Uh, both of them. So it's fun. Excellent. So check that out. Spotify, YouTube, all the places. Y'all also just read Sandland. It sounds like most of you for the first time. Mm hmm. That's right. All of us for the first time. All of us for the first time. What a trip. What a good story. So that's we got a podcast. And over here, www.kanzenshuu.com. That is consenshu.com. I still got some stuff going up here in the face and the nose and the throat. We were like on track to have a review of this done like the weekend it came out. And I just got hit with everything. And then I had to go out of town for work. And then things were just bad across the board here in uh, Konzenshu Headquarters East. They're still not great, but (laughs) slowly recovering here. So thank you for your patience on this episode and content on the site. Uh, I did put up two new rumor guide entries. Uh, Love these. One of them was a patron vote. Tenshin Han's Three-Eyed People Alien Ancestry. Everything you can possibly want to know is one of the most exhaustive things that we've written there in the rumor guide. Uh, And then while I was working on that and waiting for some translations, I typed up something else. Uh, I see this going around a lot. And it's the question of uh, how did Vegito come to be in contrast with Gogeta? Because if you look at the timeline, Vegito came first. But if you know about the background info, Gogeta came first. And hey, did you know that when Vegito first appeared in the manga, he was called Gogeta? So there's a lot of cool stuff to read there, uh, the background on these characters. So check it all out on the site. It's all there on the homepage. It's all there on the socials. Konzenshu across the board. I guess I can say on everything, whether you're on the old tweets, if you're on the threads or the, the blue skies or the mastodons i'm keeping it up over there too it's everything i think we're all everywhere at this point and well this is our, our new social media landscape i guess it's fractured but you know what i like it i like it better this way just because you can you can have your own little circle of friends at different places and uh it doesn't feel so toxic hey you know what's good is forums yeah man they're coming back in a big way them and websites you got to get a newsletter together that's the new new hotness God, I do. I've thought about that unironically. I've thought about that <laughs> a lot. You know, you could fish it out to some of other people that are, you know, working on the wiki and things like, hey, write about a thing that you're interested in, you know, or what we've been working on. Because I know you do podcast episodes here and there of like, let's catch up, but put that, that's newsletter fodder right there. I got a lot Ideas. of stuff I want to do. Anyway, so that's those folks. That's me. Uh, we will see you next time here at Consenshu, the podcast. Again, that was Ken. That was Randy. I've been Mike. See you next time, everybody. Bye bye.